Welcome to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Headline, and I'm excited to have in the studio again Michael Cheney, uh, founder of Project Sweetie Pie. Uh, welcome to Food Freedom Radio again, Michael. Oh, thanks as always. You're a great friend and a great supporter of democracy. Oh, you know, I do like democracy. And it's a question. It's a little bit in question these days. It's big time in question, yeah. isn't it? I mean, who would have imagined, right? You know that uh, we'd be seeing what's happening on not only lo- on the domestic stage, but what's happening on the world stage. You know, as human beings, we just don't seem to be able to get it right. Yeah, it's something. Something's big time off, and 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 I think that. I think I love democracy, and I also I also think I inherited, and I think we both inherited this sense of really honoring both our ancestors and our descendants, and making the world a better place for the people come beyond us, after us. Well, you know, I, that's what I so admire about the indigenous culture, Native American culture. You know, as as Western thinkers, right? We we think about maybe our personal lives, our family lives. Rarely do we move beyond into our civic life. And what does that mean to really be in thinking in terms of the greater good? What is our obligation to our our fellow citizens on the globe? And and that's really the work that, you know, I do as an urban farmer, Project Sweetie Pie. You know, people ask me, well, you grow food. I say, yeah, we do that, but that's not really – you're a grower. Yeah, we do that. But that's not really what I'm doing. They say, well, what are you doing? I say, I'm an egg patriot. I'm using agriculture as, you know, the bucket to really be able to advance uh, community, to advance youth development, to advance economic development, to get people civically engaged in the building of a better world. You know, uh, we all want to change the world. That's how your show starts off, right? You know, what happened? You know, we were the we were the flower child generation. You know, we were the hippies, right? We were hip. Mm-hmm. And, you know, somehow or another, I think, you know, we kind of got lost along the way, got caught up in the, you know, greed of wealth creation, and we lost sight of the fact that we are our brother's keeper. And that's the real purpose of Project Sweetie Pie. Project Sweetie Pie, the story of a community that came together, worked together for the common good of the youth and families of its community, for it takes a village to raise a child. Amen to that. And so um, let's, uh, I know, is that the, we can maybe try to get that sound done. But okay, uh, most people probably are familiar with it, but tell again a, a little bit of your background. Well, I'm an activist organizer. In the 80s, I was the founder of the uh, Juneteenth celebration, spent 18 years building it up to be one of the largest Juneteenth celebrations in the nation, doing film festivals, things at the Art Institute, you know, all kinds of, you know, activities. Um, And then in the 90s, I was the founder of the Wendell Phillips Credit Union because I, I realized that you won't have much of a culture if there's no economic foundation for that. You know, it'll be, you know, in rags and shambles. And so a rich culture and has to be, there has to be some kind of economic foundation. Um, and that's one of the things that I see as a society. We, we may do a, you know, half-hearted job on youth development. Maybe we talk about, you know, um, community development, but from a, 
But from a governmental standpoint, you know, we we really have to focus more on economic development. So Project Sweetie Pie has four phases. First phase is scattered garden. Second phase is uh, social media, telling our story. Third stage is season extension, hoop houses, greenhouses. And the fourth phase is what I call pie squared, green to the second power. And it's looking at green enterprise, looking at infrastructure creation, looking at workforce development strategies. It's easy to grow food. Our mission at hand is growing growers. If we want to repair this broken food system, then we really need to think in terms of how do we grow growers and how do we bring agriculture and horticulture out of the trunk Right, because that's where our, the salt of our earth, our farmers have been thrown in the trunk like a bag of kittens, right? And we really do them very little respect and really understand the enormity of the role that they play for society. It's similar to teachers, right? We discount their value, but what a world it would be without farmers and without teachers. And on top of all this activity, you're also a poet. So let's uh, let's read a have you read a poem? Well, yeah, I always it's actually always poetry that informs my work. You know, I again, I guess I'm a modern day griot. You know, uh, a griot? Yeah, African American. You know. Uh, griots were the sages the, in African culture that, you know, told the stories, that had the visions translated into word, and so the word griot. So I'm a bit of a modern-day griot that my visions of or creativity uh, is really is imbued through my poetry. And often, so I, I don't lay claim to being the writer of the poetry. I, I lay claim to be in, you know, the oracle. And so, again, and it really helps translate into my action from, you know, the beginning of Project Sweetie Pie has always been about North Minneapolis going green. North Minneapolis is going green. We're becoming the UN of neighborhood gardening, healing the cultural divide by growing one Minnesota, keeping Martin's dream alive, keeping our eye on the prize. Won't you join us in celebrating equity and inclusion through urban farming? Ubuntu, I am because you are. Inform, infuse, inspire, instruct, for I am my brother's, my sister's keeper. In the aftermath of the murder of George Floyd, out of the smoldering ashes of injustice, we move forth. Niagara Farms, Ubuntu Gardens. The quest for freedom and equality is an insatiable hunger, an unquenchable thirst embedded deep in our souls, alive in the core of our DNA. Come help plant the seeds of change. Salt of the earth, in service we stand. We are honoring the fruit of our ancestors by maintaining the rich cultural legacy of our agriculture, horticultural, past, present, future. The power it is in our hands, for it is a quintessential part of our rich heritage as humble stewards of the land. Do you believe? In miracles. 
Come thrive outside as we graft a modern-day barn build by raising a sacred garden, young and old, black, brown, yellow, red, white, rich and poor alike. Join the family of man as we roll up our sleeves, put on our boots, place our faith in our hands in Mother Earth, for democracy is our stock and trade. Let equity and inclusion be the seeds that fuel our nation's future. In healthy food we trust, fresh food, not fast food, because food is medicine that can heal our historical trauma, heal our great nation, heal and teach nutrition to the babies. We're investing in building resiliency between neighbors while we work in solidarity to save a planet endangered, where food meets ag grows culture. What a beautiful, beautiful poem, Michael. I just love that. And um, just some of the sentences, uh, the one is, I am because you are. What does that mean? Well, the term is Ubuntu. Um, this garden project, again, this is kind of, you know, I always say that Project Sweetie Pie beget growing North Minneapolis, which was our our partnership and pathway to the university, our partnership. That beget the family of trees, uh, which is our food force that we're doing at 2210 Emerson. That beget the People's Garden Initiative, the uh, one of 17 uh, prod, uh, cities across the United States selected to work with NRCS and USDA. And because we did such an excellent job there, Pillsbury has asked us to come up to Broadway where they own a site that was um, uh, uh, where O'Reilly's that was a um, burnt down during the in the aftermath of George Floyd. And across the street, there is a greenhouse. So they own those two pieces of property. And they've asked us to come up and build a garden there. That garden project, uh, we have coined the name of the Niagara Farm. Uh, Ubuntu Gardens. The Niagara Farm comes from a bit of black history, American history. Uh, the turn of the century, W.E. Du Bois uh, reaches out to prominent African Americans across the country uh, and brings them, convenes a gathering at the Niagara Falls in Canada uh, to discuss the future of black America, uh, wealth, uh, wealth creation. Um, and that was the precursor to what's known today as the NAACP. So Niagara Farm. Ubuntu Gardens is comes out of uh, South African uh, cosmology. Uh, it's an expression that means I am because you are. And that trans let me translate that if I would. That means that we until all boats rise, no boats have risen. So that in essence we are our our brothers, our sisters keeper. And then like in many indigenous, you know, uh, cultures where it isn't the goal isn't about this individuality, you know, um, everybody man, everybody against each other for the uh, race to wealth accumulation, greed, uh, but they, uh, the belief system that, you know, Everyone must eat and uh, that uh, until everybody is available, everyone's cared for. Then, So it's, it's really a, a belief system of empathy and humanity, rich humanity. And isn't it strange 
that those that the country that brought to the world stage this whole issue about you know what's going on over in Palestine that it was the south that it was um, South Africans those who had lived through the legacy of apartheid you know recognize some of the similar kind of behavior and and cultural arrogance if you will yeah um one of the other sentences in that poem is salt of the earth and and there's also uh and you say that your poems often don't come from yourself this idea of the salt in the earth the meek and and farming is seen as meek but while it's meek and humble it is also at the same time incredibly powerful and and rich and so what does that mean well, you know, the term, again, as you rightly ascribed it to, you know, the farmers, the salt of the earth, that was, you know, and think of it, you know, farmers are caregivers. You know, they're growing, Minnesota has been, you know, one of the bread baskets of the world, you know. Um, we have fed people all over the world and continue to feed people all over the world, you know. Um, we were blessed with this incredible, the glaciers did as well and left us this great fertile soil. And so salt of the earth, right, is, you know, the richness that comes from Mother Earth and that we're all, you know, inexplicably linked to that heritage. And so it's something that we share uh, because Sharon is caring. Sharon is caring. And when we started talking this, we were both, you're commenting, and I agree on this, like democracy seems to be at at risk right now. And your poem refers a little bit to um, civic engagement and the idea that so many people feel powerless in our systems right now. We just feel powerless. Part of this is reclaiming our power to make the world we deserve to live in, the, the world that we want, you know, all animals to live in, right? So it's, it's, there's, there's a real um, thread um, to weave here of power and engagement and in, in, in using the tools of democracy and economic democracy or living economics. Well, I mean, it begs the question, I mean, what is our purpose here on earth? You know, um, if we are – living in a representational democracy, are we as active as we can be? You know, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. I mean, we've had these wise men and women through time who have tried to coach us. Um, you know, um, Martin Luther King, you know, judging a man by the color of his skin, but the content of his character. So, you know, I like to say that equity and inclusion are the seeds that fuel our nation's future. Awesome. We're going to take a break and we're going to come back. Um, uh, Kathy Fleming with uh, Project Sweetie Pie is going to be – Catherine Fleming uh, with Project Sweetie Pie is going to be joining us. Um, you're listening to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Headline, and in studio with me is Michael Cheney, founder of Project Sweetie Pie. Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Headline, and in studio uh, is Michael Cheney, founder of Project Sweetie Pie. And joining us by phone right now is Catherine Fleming. Uh, welcome to Food Freedom Radio, Catherine. Oh, thank you, Laura. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. So, tell us a little, um, little bit about your background and your your connection with Project Sweetie Pie. Oh my gosh, that goes back quite a ways. Um, well, most of my background is in uh, corporate America. 
I work for most of the major um, Fortune 5 organizations across the nation as an IT person. So my background is in information technology, and um, I worked in that industry for a number of years, um, rising to uh, vice president of information technologies in a number of organizations. My most recent um, tenure was with uh, Cargill um, a few years ago in uh, Minnesota, but I also worked at Allianz and and other uh, organizations uh, in uh, the Minneapolis, Minnesota area. I uh, came to work at Project Sweetie Pie probably the end of 2010, maybe 2011-ish, and uh, started out just doing a little bit of volunteer work here and there in between my uh, corporate assignments. And uh, over the years, uh, with more and more engagement and in uh, community activities and less in the corporate world, I morphed into a more of a strategic management role with uh, Project Sweetie Pie, assuming a lot of the uh, financial and, and uh, legal requirements as we became a 501c3 organization. So that's kind of the impetus in the beginning of uh, the relationship with Project Sweetie Pie and how we've morphed from uh, a kind of a gardening neighborhood organization into a, a kind of a world-known organization based here in uh, Minneapolis. So I know one thing we're going to talk about, and I'm really excited about this, is the food-focused future and creation of a culture corridor on Broadway. So tell us about that. Well, I can talk about that in addition to one of our major projects called Foster Green that we're working with uh, Kimball Musk, who is uh, Elon's brother. So specifically about the uh, opportunity on West Broadway, as Michael mentioned, that would entail the old O'Reilly's site and also the site where the uh, car wash used to be. And right now it's uh, fenced in with a very large fence. And... um, the representatives from Pillsbury came to Project Sweetie Pie, uh, noted that this is our main thoroughfare in North Minneapolis, and they wanted to do something community-focused uh, while they were deciding what development project would uh, sit on those two sites. So they thought it was looking fallow. It's our main thoroughfare, and they looked to Project Sweetie Pie, one of their long-term partners to uh, enhance that space and make it more community-friendly. Along with um, that request, Project Sweetie Pie decided to reach out to one of our core partners, and that's the University of Minnesota Arboretum Program. Uh, They've been working on one of our sites for their training program for a number of years. That site is currently on Golden Valley Road. And uh, when this opportunity with Pillsbury uh, became uh, available to us, uh, we engaged them, and they made a proposal to work on the site that um, housed the uh, old car wash. So what, what started out as um, primarily a way to enhance community engagement has morphed into a community-wide initiative to bring all of the community members, business members along West Broadway and throughout that corridor uh, into what we're calling a community space and enhancement, a food corridor, a Black Wall Street for North Minneapolis. We're already enlisted uh, as far as the commercial, uh, cultural corridor 
under the City of Minneapolis 2040 plan. But this is in addition to that. I mean, that plan is still somewhat in hiatus in the courts right now, but that doesn't stop us from moving forward with this initiative. So what is this initiative? Well, it started out with the uh, community engagement, and what that means were we were going to have um, a uh, food cart there, an opportunity for folks um, both winter and summer to get a hot beverage or a beverage uh, to be able to charge their phone, uh, to have um, respite uh, from uh, the um, sun in the summertime with shade for our senior citizens, areas for our kids to play um, we have a uh, stage for um, opportunities for entertainment, poetry, and other things. But the primary thing was we were going to make it culturally specific. And that kind of brings in where the Foster Green Project is. And that is the garden planters that we will be receiving from the Kimball Muscle Organization, Big Green, and placing a number of those on this particular site. And what do those garden planters look like and what will they contain? Well, we have the opportunity for our local artists to enhance them, to make them culturally specific to the areas in which they are placed. We'll also have QR codes. We'll have wayfinding information. We'll have um, opportunities for people to have um, uh, information about job opportunities, just a litany of information that may or may not be currently uh, readily available to our residents who may have limited access or no access at all to uh, Internet or other um, ways of uh, communicating with the job market and other um, community opportunities as well. So that was their plan for that. I mean, I lived in Florida for a number of years, so there are outdoor showers. There are other amenities that we could provide if we have um, the funding for that. So that was the impetus, that was the goal initially to bring this into a community space. And then uh, Michael started reaching out to the various developers who already have um, projects cited for West Broadway. So starting out with Neon and the million dollars they received to establish a commercial kitchen and and, uh, other business opportunities. Looking at uh, Tito Wilson, uh, Wilson Barbershop, Tito's. Uh, made the efforts toward acquiring the Four Street Saloon and turning that into at least seven opportunities for food-focused or, or organizations as well. So, I mean, we're looking at Ian Alexander and the project he has um, along, um, uh, I think it's Knox. And then we have um, Kenya, who's going to be doing enhancements uh, to um, Zaha uh, on uh, Fremont. We also have... Um, Tim Wilson's project, um, Satora, that's down um, by Cub Food. So a lot of our local, our brothers and sisters from the north who are doing things to enhance this area, and what we're trying to do, we, Project Sweetie Pie, is coordinate, bring them all together so that it is a joint effort, a focused effort, an effort that has synergy so that we are building uh, this black uh, Wall Street here in uh, North Minneapolis. Again, the idea that, you know, one of the biggest things that is the isolation and the separation that goes on. It's, it's not malicious. I mean, again, in this kind of, you know, 
rush, rush, rush rat race that we live in, folks are just focused on their own survival, their own business development. And what we've been from the very onset of Project Sweetie Pie really trying to break down those silos because we are better together. We're stronger. We're stronger together. And so this project... We're happier together. We're happier. We're more joyful. What sense does it make for us to build up community only to have disgruntled citizens, rightfully so, discontent, where then we burn our cities down. We build them up, we burn them down. We build them up, we burn them down. That's that's the definition of insanity. And so we have to really kind of change our ecosystem, change our ethics and our worldview. And so this whole idea of how do we support each other? You know, how do we move forward as one? How do we in collaboration, we are building that kind of uh, 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 future that really frames it. Uh, there's nothing new about this. You know, Nicollet Avenue has Eat Street, you know, but we're, we see the combination of not only just the retail side of restaurants, but also, uh, you know, again, the um, space of of these commercial kitchens, as Catherine referred to, Neon is doing. You know, this operation of a food court that uh, Tito uh, Wilson is doing. So uh, you go up to uh, the Urban Egg Initiative is on Sheridan and Broadway. Across the street, when I got there and started looking around, across the street was on the YMCA. There's a greenhouse on their rooftop. And then that took me back to five or six years ago because I was in those early discussions about that greenhouse and crafting it. We actually did a partnership with the Y. We had a bunch of raised beds on their site. And the young people that were part of that, I was able to negotiate a visit to the state fair during the state fair. And they walked the stage in the egg building and received their diploma from the uh, who, who from Peggy Flanagan. Flanagan, who is now the lieutenant governor. And so I had even forgotten that on my own personal past until I got back there, stand and looked and say, wow, the greenhouse is here. We already have a partnership here. We already have history together. We can certainly move forward to make history. And again, it's always, I, I want to share this is the way that I've been uh, reaching out to people. Food Fighters Unite, thank you for the work that you do to feed the residents of our community. I would like to talk with you about our Project Sweetie Pie's latest initiative to mobilize and organize a collective effort to address youth development, community development, economic development as we create 2024, the Summer of Mutual Earth Concern. Folks, we need your support in growing a food-focused future in our ecological showroom for environmental sustainability and environmental justice. We invite you to stand in solidarity as we operationalize locally the UN Sustainable Development Goals as we recruit citizens stranded on the sidelines into the front lines in crafting innovative solutions that address the existential threat of global warming and food insecurity. 
community. Won't you join us in the launch of the North Star Urban Farm and Food Corridor? Broadway is our main street in the village of North Minneapolis. The Niagara Farms Ubuntu Gardens is our UN of gardening, our coat of many colors. It is our town square. It is our community forum in the open air. It is our mandala on our string of pearls, a cultural gathering place. It is a lighthouse that restores hope in our shared humanity and reinvigorates one faith. Bring your family out to eat. We believe Broadway can become our Black Wall Street. That's wonderful. Um, so this North Star Urban Farm, um, Catherine, uh, before we say goodbye, I want you to, you, you guys have amassed over 40 different partnerships. So I want you to kind of just briefly touch on, on some of those partners. And also, what does this mean from an emotional level, a, whatever we want to call it? And, and what have you seen it mean in North Minneapolis, these gardens growing? And what does it mean for uh, the vitality of a community? Um. <laughs> So many different things. I think um, we've been missing this level. We, North Minneapolis, in our community, uh, first of all, we've not really had an opportunity to heal from George Floyd, nor from all of the uh, disparities and, and race, racial inequities that have been uh, part of the landscape in North Minneapolis for a number of years, prior to me and, and probably prior to Michael as well. So this is an opportunity to bring us together, to make us more cohesive, to show that we can work together, that we can um, thrive together, that we have the opportunity for uh, enhanced economic development, that we're uh, forming the foundation to build um, generational wealth. So all of those factors are what we are looking at, what we want to enhance, and what we feel are viable and connected for the residents of North Minneapolis. We've been left out of so, so many different things, and this is our opportunity to shine. It's our opportunity to show what we're made of. There's so much talent, so much possibilities, so, um, so uh, many talented people in North Minneapolis that have gone unrecognized for so, so many years. So I, I believe that, uh, that there's more to it than just a building. It's more to it than uh, uh, just uh, the opportunity for a job or a career. Uh, it's an opportunity for this community to um, begin the healing process, to show all of the talent and possibilities that, that exist in, in North Minneapolis, and to show the rest of the world that, that uh, we're an example, uh, it will be one Minnesota, it will be one North Minneapolis. So uh, the possibilities are endless. Uh, they've been there for a long time. We, Project Sweetie Pie, is just highlighting it. Will other people uh, join us? Absolutely. We've already have a, an extensive list. We're reaching out to more and more um, community uh, organizations, individuals, corporations on a daily basis. So um, the possibilities are there. Um, I think it's exciting. I think it's long overdue. And I think this is something that we can do. Beautiful. I'll, I'll let Michael take it from there. I think we should. Lord, thank you so much for. Uh, I know where time is limited, but I don't want to be remiss in thanking you for highlighting the work that Project Sweetie Pie is doing, and also being uh, a, an advocate for the community. 
your station has always been out there, been at the forefront of supporting us and our community members. So thank you and thank you to your staff. Wonderful. I really appreciate appreciate that, uh, Catherine. We do need to take a break, um, and uh, and I so I, I thank you for all your work. And uh, it's just it's just so nice. It's like it's almost like it feels like a big exhale to me right now. So, but we're, we're going to take a break, and we're uh, in studio with us is Michael Cheney. We're talking about Project Sweetie Pie and the uh, the North Star Urban Farm and Food Corridor. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, and very pleased to have in the studio again is Michael Cheney, founder of Project Sweetie Pie. And when we left on break, we were talking with Catherine Fleming about um, all the partnerships that you have. Now, again, describe this vision of what, what you guys are moving towards in, in North Minneapolis with this Black Wall Street and these urban farms and, and all this activity. Can I- well, you know, again, you know, um, it's really just bringing, you know, the collective voice. Uh, get, amplifying that, expediting that, you know, um, really we the people, uh, everyday people, we have to change the way that we determine what public land development looks like. Historically, not so good. You know, uh, it's been, you know, when you look at the even redlining and the things that's happened in this historically, you know, unmarginalized communities that were framed as ghetto. Well, you know, we weren't really trying to lift people's um, up and out of poverty. The policies actually cemented their feet to the concrete. You know, 15, 20 years ago, what I'm doing now would have been forbidden. You know, you weren't allowed to grow food. You weren't allowed to have chickens, you know. And it took a lot of hard work by many of us food fighters who really wanted to realize that, you know, again, if this is a democracy, how do we, we the people, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that we weren't making that easy. We weren't making that accessible. We had crafted legislation and public policy that, again, cemented people's feet to the concrete. And so this whole idea of the North Star Urban Food of North Star Urban Farm Food Corridor is really framed around, you know, uh, Harriet Tubman, right? Well, she said, look to the North Star. Runaway slaves, the way to freedom the way is to follow the North Star. And so I've, again, as a amateur historian and, you know, a fan of history because it has a way of repeating itself, you know, look to that name that we're, that's still the, that's still the past pattern, the play, the follow the North Star. And in this case, follow it to Broadway, which we're trying to craft into, to the, to the effect of the 2040 plan. How do you create a cultural corridor? And so very intentionally, that's what we've been doing bringing all kinds of food interests of all kinds of different people to this one strip, this one site at, on the corner of Broadway and James uh, 
uh, was a former site of O'Reilly's that was burned down in the aftermath of of George Floyd. So out of the ashes, right, the phoenix, you know, we are trying to reset ourselves and move forward in space and time. And I, I don't think there's any more appropriate time to do than, you know, as many of your listeners would attest to, you know, what I like to say, the debacle in Dubai, you know, where the, you know, the last COP uh, summit conference was really hijacked, you know, by special interests who really are going green, greenwashing. <laughs> and we, we, those of us who really are environmentalists, uh, conservationists, lovers of nature, lovers of democracy, you know, lovers of equity and inclusion, and don't denigrate that by saying, oh, we're their tree huggers or they're woke. No, that is, a, that is one of the spokes of democracy and uh, the freedom train that we are all trying to get on board, the love train, right? Mm-hmm. And so— Which cannot be—there's no love washing, is there? Well, you I'm know, there's, as they say, there's a thin line between love and hate. So I, I don't know the origins, but again, even this whole idea of the cultural divide is manufactured, you know, between rural, the same systematic problems that we see in marginalized communities is the same discontent and sentiments that we see in rural, rural Minnesota, rural America. Exactly. I was talking to a farmer yesterday and it's like, there's just, there's so much um, uh, lack of agencies. I mean, the farmers aren't independent farmers. They're they're kind of I don't want to use the word victims, but they're they're subject to this whole marketing thing that doesn't really speak to their soul. Maybe I could say it like that. Well, again, and because they're being unduly charged, you know, we expect our farmers to grow the food, to care for the food, to harvest the food, and then bring the and then and then bring the food to the market and babysit it as they sell it with, with at nominal. Uh, dollars in their pocket. And so that's why I refer to them as the salt of the earth. It's because of their love of the land and their love of their families and the pride that they take in feeding the world and feeding all of us that are not farmers that, again, we really do them disrespect. And so what we tried to do through this food corridor as, again, you know, in as an artist, as, you know, a poet, you know, I, you know, try to illustrate and animate these, bring these complex theories of food insecurity and global warming and really bring it down. I tell people all that, you know, I am no genius. All I'm trying to do is... Uh, operationalize the sustainable development goals. And for those of your listeners who don't know it, that's the framework, the brilliant framework articulation that the UN has crafted called the Sustainable Development Goals, and which calls for faith-based communities, rich and poor, people of all colors, you know, academic institutions, governmental agencies, nonprofits, for-profits, philanthropies, all coming together to address global 
global warming, and which part of that is in foods in, in, is food insecurity. And so all I'm trying to do is really localize that, demonstrate that. If if there, the call has been to put these billions of trees across the world to address you know the heat index, what does that mean for us as a state? What does that mean for us as a county? What does that mean for us as a city? What does that mean for us as a neighborhood? That means that we all must put on our thinking caps and think about the greater good if this existential threat called global warming is imminent, then how are we addressing it? And so many people want to do something. So many people are traumatized and concerned, but leadership all of it has really not really made it easy, has not made it accessible. And in fact, the environmental movement has really been an apartheid movement led by the intellectual elite. And they've been the one that's been framing the narrative, you know, doing their research. But what does? It, but you have to go beyond research, just like you have to go beyond protests. And there's things that we can do tangibly, put together some best practices that we can then share with people who have been marginalized and excluded from this discourse. We can come up with local strategies to do to respond and to bring our communities together in solidarity and in the process build stronger community build stronger uh, residents and create prosperity for all and, and calm and joy too um so okay so there's the north star urban farm and food corridor and this is also um trying to tie in to the 2031 green global expo so talk a little bit about that vision well it's uh for folks that may not know it, mark ritchie and a whole bunch of other prominent leaders from minnesota spent the last three years uh applying for and being considered for the what's what's known as the world's fair you know people you know historically certainly recall, you know, Seattle and, you know, but, um, but unfortunately they were not successful. They came in third, but shortly thereafter, Mark uh, Ritchie, who was, you know, the former secretary of state uh, for the state of Minnesota. And he's, so he's been a public servant. And he helped create uh, the international I- IATP. Okay, right. So the list of things, his accomplishments are stellar and phenomenal, but he's always been, you know, a leader and a stalwart champion for Minnesota, advocate, crusader for Minnesota. So we've joined forces uh, to, and I've invi- he invited me to join him in the planning and that because they were about a month after finding the word that they didn't get it, they, the same people that do the World's Fair reached out to him and asked him, would Minnesota be interested in doing a Green Global Expo? And that's, that's based around agriculture, horticulture, uh, horticulture in particular. And so, of course, you know, being the crusader and the champion that he was, you know, he he called the band back together again. And so they're off and running and uh, beginning to put together their application, their formulation. And so for me, that's uh, it's it's uh, 
if if selected, it's uh, slated to happen in 2031, and they're looking at some sites down in Rosemount. There's about a 5,000-acre site that the university yeah. owns, and so that will hopefully be the site for the Green Global Expo, but it will also happen in satellite spaces and stations all across the state. Awesome. And we're down to a last minute, but I want to make sure you get a chance to talk about the United Urban Farm Food Federation. Well, again, you know, um, it, the names keep, the hits keep coming, right? <laughs> I mean, you can't rest on your laurels. Uh, you know, uh, Mark Ritchie would attest to that, that, you know, uh, good, better, best, better, better, rest to your good is better and your better is your best. And so we're looking to really formulate these garden expos into a co-op, stru- worker-owned co-op structure, similar to what uh, Land O'Lakes has done, um, that, that what Kemp's has done, those people don't know what those are, worker-owned co-ops. Let's create one that is based around urban farming, specialty crop production, and uh, let's become part of the supply chain to our food co-ops and really join the co-op movement, which really shares much of the values and vision that we hold as uh, urban farmers. Well, Michael Cheney, as always, it's been a pleasure. Um, the website for you again? and uh, Project Sweetie Pie, www.projectsweetiepie.org. And as you were speaking, uh, this uh, quote from E.E. E. Cummins came back to me that all that you give comes back to you many fold. So have you been enriched by all your volunteer work? Um, I'll go what um, Kimball Musk and those folks say. They say growing food changes lives. And I concur because it has changed mine. Thank you so much, Michael Cheney, and thank you for listening to Food Freedom Radio. Catch you next week.